would say. <laughs> so, hey, guys. Uh, hey, welcome to episode two of the Fifth Gear Pin Podcast with uh, uh, Scott Perkins. That's me. And Nick Stover. That's him. Me. And we're, uh, we're going to throw some, we're going to slang some more stuff at you guys about what's been going on and, and see if you like it. So, well, Nick, not a whole lot to talk about, really. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot going on last weekend. Yeah, I mean, there were some, uh, some long races, but uh, yeah, other, other than that, it was, uh, it was a fairly quiet weekend. Yeah, we're, most everybody's on uh, summer break, as, as we call it, and uh, there's, a, there's a few scragglers left before the break, and then we get, we get what, a couple months off, which you know, for us as team managers and, and, uh, riders, it's, it's a welcomed, uh, reprieve. Oh yes. And we're, uh, more, more than happy to, uh, to enjoy our, our time off for sure. Yeah. I mean, it gives, you know, gives us a chance to catch up on bikes and sponsors and that kind of stuff. And riders chance to take a break, spend time with their families and, uh, maybe even heal up if they've been injured this year. So that's a good thing. Yep, yep, yep. Well, hey, there was some stuff going on, and uh, let's uh, let's start off with uh, the ten hour. Yeah, ten ten hour Glen Helen. Uh, you know, uh, I think it was there. Uh, they've been doing that for twenty something years now. So, three, sponsored by Three Brothers this year. Um, uh, pretty good turnout for them. I think there were 63 teams all together. Um, not sure how many Ironman, which is the most important class. I mean, you know, they, they got sportsmen and expert business, family, and pro class. But let's let's face it, Ironman's where it's at. Oh, is that what you did? You Ironmaned it? Oh, absolutely not. I am I'm much smarter than the, uh, the guys that do that. At least I claim that's the reason that I don't do it. Um, so we're going to go with it. And I will not take any arguments against that. <laughs> so let's let's so just to get everybody if they if they don't know right that that is a that is a three race series right there's yes what is there six ten and twenty four right yes sir yeah the uh, the endurance series of Glen Helen um, yeah it's like I said been been going on for a while now and uh, yeah this is the the second um, second round. And so we're you know, over halfway through the season at this point. And just uh, kind of the uh, the similar similar players as the uh, the first round, and uh, the the same same players as uh, last year. So it's uh, it's, it's a familiar crowd, um, but ton of fun doing the races because it is a, a team event. So you you have to rely on. You know, your buddies so it's it's always great to see the the different levels of prep that go in um i've seen guys show up on a uh you know a 10 year old 125 and they have uh, electrical tape for um for graphics and i've seen guys show up with fully prepped you know essentially factory race bikes that they're gonna go out there and abuse for whatever however long the race is yeah, I mean, I you know I've done it I've done it a bunch of times too. It's been a while, but um, there's definitely a lot of work uh, that goes into that, um, and it's it's not cheap either. I mean, there's there's a, there's a certain amount of expense to it as well. Um, yeah. But let's let's talk about and let's talk about that in a second. But let's talk about who won that thing, right? Like who really? So obviously, we're going to talk about the pro class, or mm-hmm. what do they call it? The o, the open double A class, or yeah, open du- a, whatever they call it. Yeah, double A for the six and ten, and then pro for the uh, twenty four. So, let's talk about the players. Who were the who were the the players in that that open double A class? So you had uh, Trevor Hunter with Tyler Belknap and Thomas Dunn on a Yamaha. You had uh, Tucker Hopkins. Um, with a couple uh, checkers, uh, they were racing a 252 stroke. Um, that included uh, Gunnar Carlson, Jack McGrath, and Max Hintz, and then uh, Matt uh, Kanepa 
um, on, I believe they were on a 350, uh, was either a KTM or a Husky. I couldn't really tell. Um, but, uh, that included, um, Alex Morgan, uh, Mason DeCunzo and, uh, Jake Alvarez. And then, um, you had, uh, the Kilmartin team with, uh, myself, uh, Chance Fullerton and Clayton Roberts. Solid. Yep. 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 So, um, race started out real good. Um, Chance was on the bike for us. Thomas started for Trevor Hunter's team. And uh, Jake Alvarez started for Canepa's team. And for the first, uh, let's see, probably first hour, hour and a half, um, Everybody was stayed fairly close. I know Jake had a little tip over in the uh, the second corner, trying to make a pass for the lead. Just uh, pushed a little too hard in in the, in the deep, wet, uh, freshly tilled dirt, and uh, got got a little uh, front end heavy and pushed pushed the front end, laid down there for a second. But he got got up and going pretty quick. So they, uh, um, he was right there. Uh, it was just a couple minutes back. Um, on at right at the end of lap three, uh, Chance made a pass for the lead on um, Thomas Dunn, uh, just as they were coming into the scoring chute. So um, we went out leading, uh, or uh, Clayton went out leading uh, just in front of Trevor Hunter, and they stayed pretty much right on each other. Um, you know, I think they. Uh, I think Trevor ran into a little bit of issues on his second lap. Um, it was a little bit slower than uh, what he had been previously running, um, so they dropped to about a minute and a half, two minutes back, and uh, at the end of Trevor Hunter and uh, Clayton Roberts' uh, turn, which is about two hours in, each rider for us and Hunter's team were doing about an hour each. Um, and then I got on the bike, and Tyler Belknap got on their bike. Um, I went out, put in about half a lap, and went to – there was a lapper down in a corner, went a little high in the, the berm, got into the fluff, and as I'm going through the, the corner, bike starts to bog. I bump the clutch and kind of, you know, try and uh, get out of the corner quick, and all of a sudden, bike just locks up. And from uh, – it, it didn't – immediately lock up like it was a motor issue there was no no noises so i jumped off real quick thinking that i wrapped up um you know some fencing or you know barbed wire or something in the rear wheel so i hop off look back and i've got a fire hose wrapped in the rear wheel oh wow yeah so um luckily uh bumping the clutch really tightened it up in there so i'm sitting there with the bike upside down i throw it in neutral i'm trying to roll it backwards i'm doing everything i can and um just pretty much dead center of the the course nothing i can't pull the bike out of the way the fire hose is tight to where it was uh tied to the the spigot and the the other one's buried in the dirt somewhere and so i'm i'm sitting there trying to you know shimmy shimmy this fire hose out and sitting there and all of a sudden tyler comes by i'm yelling at him you know um or you know just uh he he, he kind of paused and was trying to figure out why i was standing in the middle of the course with my bike upside down and i think once he realized that it was just kind of a um, a fluke accident you know not not really mechanical not really a injury he, he uh realized that he had to keep going and so he, he got got going again and i was there for another two, two and a half minutes, just trying to work this fire hose out. It melted to the brakes. It had, um, wrapped into the, into the chain. And so I'm, you know, fight, fighting this thing all the way out, finally get going. Um, and ended up coming in on that lap. Uh, let's see here, two, two minutes down. So it was a, about a, a five minute swing from, but from the time that I got on the bike to the, the end of that lap. And then, uh, we, we tightened up, Tightened up the time on them a little bit. Uh, I handed the bike off. We were back to about a minute difference. Um, Chance took over, ran, ran for another hour, and then uh, at the end of his turn, we put put the headlights on. And so, 
that's for the, for the 10 hour this year they ran um they ran from four o'clock in the afternoon to two o'clock in the morning so right about the eight o'clock uh seven thirty eight o'clock mark was when we were planning on putting lights on and uh, so it, it worked out perfect since we we're doing roughly an hour each uh, right and I think he he got off the bike or he got off right at like 745 750 something like that so lights went on had a real smooth change there um clayton got going didn't didn't have any issues with the lights bike bike ran great electrical worked awesome um ran for he ran did his hour i jumped back on um which is where which is where the race gets it real interesting um so at uh once uh clayton had finished his section i take over the bike we're about 15 seconds down so i can see them out in the distance but not it's not quite close enough to like really keep track of them and the there was parts of the track that were super dusty so uh, i was gonna wait until we got to the motocross track and try and make up that 15 seconds at, at that time but so we go do about a eh, little over half the track and we turn and the, there's this climb and i come around the corner and i look up and i see five or six bikes just scattered on the hill and I'm going oh well and at above them i see a light going across the ridge so i'm like okay they they made it through so there's clearly space up there i'm I'm going right. to, I got to go for it and I can't, you know, I don't have time to, to lose. So go charging up the hill. All of a sudden one, one of the, uh, the lappers slips and their bike comes across. I hit the front wheel front end is up on the berm, kind of off the track. I'm just back ends stayed down on the track. So I'm all sideways trying to climb this hill, get about, 15 feet from the top and stop. Oh, so I jump off, try pushing it up, you know, wide open first, second gear, just can't, you know, get no traction, just digging a hole. So I'm like, all right, turn around, go back down. Um, while I was turning around, I did a quick scan, didn't see the, the 22 bike there. So didn't thought that it was them that had made it through. So I'm going, all right, I'm just, I'm losing time at this point i get to the bottom turn around it looks like kind of it's cleared up there was two um two other riders that had come down the hill behind me i I didn't get a good look at them because you're just staring into uh blinding lights right and so as soon as the they cleared me i go back up the hill do the and the whole time i'm you know i'm charging because i i knew i i lost you know a minute minute right so i'm just i'm pushing blow in every corner you know um trying to get in and out of every corner as fast as possible getting a little sketchy on the ridges push just pushing a little hard and uh, you know i i come through the pits everyone's cheering and i'm like all right i'm they're, they're just cheering me on for moral support and um finish my my hour hand the bike off um talking you know standing around talking and they go oh there goes second place what do you what do you mean second place? And they're like, oh, you passed him on the first lap. I'm like, I no idea. I never saw him. <laughs> so I I walked down to to their pits and I'm talking to Tyler and he's like, yeah, I made it. Uh, I chose the other side of the the hill to climb. So and he had pretty much the same thing happen. Found an open spot and then somebody had slipped into his line. He hit him and he was sideways on the hill pointed the, the wrong direction and trying to turn around so he can make it to the top. And he had watched me do the exact same thing, get stuck. And he saw me struggling to turn or struggle, struggling to get up the rest of the way. And he goes, okay, I'm not going to, I know I'm not going to make it. So I'm going to turn around. So just as he starts to head down, one of the lappers slips, falls on him. And I guess holds him up just long enough for me to unpass him. So at that point he was, I had passed him because I made it further up the hill. Then I right. passed him by going backwards on the course. So right. he was technically in the lead at that time. I get down to the bottom and he was right behind the one of the guys right behind me coming down the hill. So at that point he unpassed me because I was not moving at that time. And then um, followed me up the hill after that. So we, 
technically there wasn't a pass for the lead. It was an unpass for the lead that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that transpired at that time. And then uh, pretty much from, from there on, um, the, the team didn't have any issues and we just put in solid laps and put uh, a couple, you know, a couple seconds for, for the rest of the night and ended up with about a, a 15 minute lead um, for that at the finish line. So, yeah, I mean, from, from what I remember, you know, I watched, I watched the live timing. Um, I made the mistake of trying to call you thinking you'd be off the bike and I could find out what was going on, but you didn't answer. Uh, but for, from what I watched live timing wise, it was pretty much, it was pretty much you, you guys and, you know, Trevor and, and Tyler and um, Thomas Dunn. It was pretty much you two guys going back for the beginning part of it. Right. Um, and I did, I did see some videos that Trevor Hunter posted and I don't know if it was the same hill, but there was, there was definitely some silty hills and stuff. And I mean, if, if you guys listen and if you've never been to a 10 hour or even the 24, the 24 is even worse. <laughs> um, it's nothing but silt beds and, and dust and, um, there's some there's some challenging stuff by the time you get you know halfway into that race or 10 hours into that race there's definitely some challenges to that right oh yeah yeah the each each uh, each race has its own challenges so the six hour it's almost always a little bit wet um you know either it's rained sometime in that week just with the how the what time of year it is for the 10 hour traditionally it's been a little bit later in the year so it's real hard, excuse me, real hot. So what they did this year and in a couple of years past, they kind of put it later in the day and broke it up day and night, um, which is also kind of benefits the, the 24 hour because you're not investing everything for one race a year at night for lights right. and that sort of thing. Right. And then the 24 hour, um, I've been at the 24 hour when it's 95 degrees during the day. And I've been at the 24 hour where it rained the entire time. So the, the 24 is always kind of a crapshoot. Um, but there's always e- each, each weather condition has its own issues. Generally when it's hot at night, it will um, get misty. And so you get a whole bunch of condensation on your goggles and you're fighting that all night. Um, if it's raining, it's, you know, the, the, pretty much the main thing at that point is the bike has to make it. So you're, you're constantly uh, cleaning out the radiators, changing air filters, doing everything you can to keep that air box as dry as possible. Keep uh, weight off the bike, try and scrape mud. You're uh, every time around on the track, you're trying to find the, the spot that's the least deep of the puddles. Um, if it's dry, you're, you're fighting, you know, silt beds up in the upper section uh, at least once a lap, if not, uh, this year for the 10 hour, it was, there was three separate Hills that were very silty. And so you'd come around and you're trying to beforehand, you're trying to space either space out or make your pass on lappers or whoever's in your class so that you're not fighting dust all the way through. And sometimes it works out and other times you're sitting there you know, with, with the skis out, you know, kind of going through blindly hoping that there's not somebody laying down in front of you and, you're you're just keeping the keeping the wheels turning up the hill oh. with with your feet down paddling going all right somewhere around here there's an edge and somewhere is the other side of the track and i'm have, i'm somewhere in between i believe yeah and i mean look i mean you know the the silt at the silt at the 24 hour at Glen helen is no is no joke and don't don't you know don't get me wrong i don't i don't dislike it it's part of that race and it, it makes it fun. Mm-hmm. But dang. I mean, I've been, I've been to plenty of those where man, I've gone up those hills at night. <laughs> and when that silt, that silt doesn't move, there's no wind and those headlights are on it. You don't see nothing. No, like, you can, got, you can see your headlight my, and that's it. Yeah. I've got both my anchors out on both sides and you're just like, go. And you yeah. hope that you don't run. You hope you don't run into somebody else who got stuck. Yeah. Or that you just don't see and you end up going off the side. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely a challenge, man. Oh um, yeah. It's it's a it's very it's a strange feeling going you know, you essentially have no 
no nothing to base where you're at off of other than this giant single color silt cloud and all you know is your headlights are pointed forward and the, the ground the ground is under you and you're just kind of walking up it and at some point you know you're going off memory going okay you know it has a li- little bit of a rise and then a little kicker right at the top so you're just kind of feeling and you're going all right there's that there's that little let up and the rise. And so we're going to start drifting to the left here. <laughs> sometimes it you're in the right spot when you come out of the cloud and sometimes you're not. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, for, if you want to get a, a pretty good understanding of what that's like, it's, you know, Trevor Hunter's video um, does a pretty good job at it. The cameras can see better than what we can through the dust, but it's pretty accurate as far as what, yeah. what we're dealing with to where guys just appear out of the dust out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, look, man, guys, if you guys have never done the 24 hour, go, go do it, man. Go get, go get five of your buddies. There are six of you on that team. Mm-hmm. Get, get your bikes together, your wheel sets. I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's a lot of prep. Oh yeah. Two bikes and lights and doing all that stuff, but it, it's worth it doing it once. Right. I don't, I, I don't know if it's worth it for everybody to keep doing it every year, but oh no, you gotta you gotta keep doing it. I mean, well, I'm on I'm on year sixteen now. Yeah, and 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 that brings me, you know, to this point, right? And and no disrespect to you, Nick, or Chance Fullerton for sure, or Clayton Roberts, um, or Thomas Dunn, Trevor Hunter, and uh, Tyler mm-hmm. Belknap. I mean, and I don't I know who Matt Canepa is. I I don't know him personally. I don't think I've ever talked to him. But it seems to me over the last couple of years, the, the amount of like top guys that are doing the, these 10 hours and 24 hours has, has kind of diminished. Yeah, um, I, I, I think it's two things. Um, well, I, I think so – up until last year, the, the six and 10 didn't really have uh, a pro purse. Um, John Kilmartin came in, made that possible. So thank you to him. So it brings a little bit of legitimacy, brings uh, a little motivation for the, those top guys to come out. Um, and then secondly, I think with there being a 20, you know, it's essentially a 20 race year for those top guys between the 10, uh, big six rounds and 10, uh, works rounds, you know, you're, you're pretty much racing every weekend. And so any off weekend you get, the pros are more than happy to take it off. And so trying to, trying to convince guys to come out on an off weekend, it's rough. It try, you know, it's, yeah, and and I get that. I totally get that, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You and I, you and I both know. I mean, shoot, dude, we're doing I think twenty six races this year total. Right, um, it, it's a lot, right? And but do you think? Do you think? Do you think that the like the manufacturers have kind of lost interest in it? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think they used to use it for durability testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, see exactly what they've got going on with, with certain parts of the bike, um, for, you know, in regards to the, the three, four hour races. And now that, you know, the, the bikes aren't changing too much, you know, once in say the last six years, you know, they got frame tweaks and this and that, but for the most part, the, the motors and everything it's the same basic idea they're just make making them a little bit lighter making them a little you know certain parts a little bit thinner that sort of thing but i think for the most part the manufacturers don't see the benefit in going out and essentially thrashing a bike for a year because if you do the full if you do the full series you know between testing the bike getting you know breaking in the the bike at the beginning of the year getting the suspension set, getting, and then every time you add a new rider, you're going out and uh, getting, letting them get used to the bike. You're having, you know, and if it's a different bike than what everybody's riding throughout the year, you have every rider on the team, you know, putting an hour, two hours on before the race. So, you know, 
we bought a bike specifically for the endurance series. And I think, you know, technically we've done 16 hours of racing and the bike's at 22, 24 hours. Now, before the 24 hour, we'll probably have another three hours put on just for getting, getting the guys used to, you know, any of the new guys coming onto the bike getting them used to what the bike does, getting a feel for it. If we're going to try any new suspension settings, having us test that, um, you know, if we were going to try different lighting, different, you know, anything different on the bike, we're going to have a a little shakedown prior to the race. And then you get your 24 hours on top of that. So you're somewhere around 50, 55 hours put on, a bike that's only used three times a year for racing. And it's a lot of time put on in a quick, you know, fairly quick for a $12,000 bike just to be sitting around all year. Yeah, that, that's true. But you, you almost have to do it that way. Right. Especially if you're like, if you're like, you know, your kill Martin team and my DC Yamaha team that we both run, you can't, you've got a dedicated series or two series that you're doing and it's, you don't really want to go through your regular race bike into a 24 hour. Right. Yeah. Um, because it's not going to be good for, you know, the, the longevity is already getting cut into by you know all these other races that you do. Even if you, you know, say you rebuild it two races before and it's still pretty fresh, but it's not a brand new bike. And then you do the 24 hour and that puts all kinds of, weird stresses and strains on a motor. I mean, we broke, we broke the back of a case off last year or two years ago and the bike still ran, but it was missing half of its case. Yeah. Um, and, and look, after the 24 hour, you have to rebuild that bike. You have yeah. To, you're, you're you going through everything. Bear, bearings. Um, yeah. yeah. If you're, if you're lucky, the motor's still good down and down in the low end, but I mean, 24 hours straight, the bikes aren't really made to do that. So you're, you're pretty much going through everything to at least put it, put an eye on it and say, yeah, that's still good. That's not good. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I think if it's like you and I and our guys are racing them in a, you know, national race. grand prix two weeks later, you got to completely real rebuild. Oh, that yeah. Bike. yeah. And then, yeah. and then the tough thing is with this silly pandemic stuff still, um, you may not even be able to find the parts. Oh, yeah. So, that, so, that. so you, you may, you're almost better off just having a dedicated bike like you guys have, right? Yeah. It's, it's the safest way. Yeah. And we, um, we actually had uh, a second team that we were uh, planning on fielding, but we couldn't get the electronics for it to make the lights run. So it was, Hey, do we send, send you guys out with candles or, uh, yeah, exactly. Hey, we've done it before. It wasn't our first plan, but it, no, it will no. get you through the night. Uh, one of the things I heard, and this was me watching and people calling me and me calling people to see what was going on. Um, pit speeds. I mean, I heard from guys that there were guys coming around the corner into the pits, power sliding into the pits. Uh, the pit spit, speed limit is supposed to be 15 miles an hour. Uh, yeah. I can't, I can't remember a, a, a year at all in the last 10 that I've been doing it that anybody was going 15. And well, it's, it's 15-ish. Yeah, and 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 they, you know nothing against you know Glenn Helen, but it's almost like you know they try to pretend like they're going to monitor, but but they don't. Uh, they and, they did it. They they did a pretty good job this year. They had um, I, every time that I went through the pits, they were, I saw at least three officials standing out there. Um, Disco Dave was was out there uh, fighting the good fight. You know he he was pulling people in constantly. Hey, come come over and talk to me. Yeah, you're in a race, but guess what? You're going to spend 30 seconds here because you decided to go, you know, a little bit too fast in here. Um, so right. that he he gave he gave us warnings. He gave Hunter war- warnings. Um, same thing with uh, pretty much all all the pros got at least one warning that I know of of going. Hey guys, do not speed through here. And um, w- one thing that I guess one of the pits was complaining because they were so you go down down the main drag at uh, Glen Helen. And then at the bottom, you turn around and it goes off of asphalt onto dirt and then back up towards the start straight it, all through the pits. And that corner had developed a pretty nice rut. And if you just stayed constant on the gas, you know, stayed at your 10, 15 miles an hour, whatever it was, and just leaned into the corner, you could 
essentially rail the corner at 15 miles an hour. And the people that were at that corner were complaining about the pro teams going through there because they just maintained their speed. They never let off and carried that 15 miles an hour through there. But that's, you know, it's, it's legal, but it looks, it seems like it's really fast because the guys are getting low in the corner and they're not getting on the gas, but they're not, you know, it's, they're, they're just accelerating, not accelerating through the corner, but it looks like they're accelerating through the corner because they're going through the corner. Yeah. Um, so and that's, it's, that's look, it's, it's, and I've experienced this with, with national group NGPC, right? 15 yeah. miles an hour is faster than you think it is when you're standing still and the bike's coming at you. Yeah. It, it's, re- it's it really slow. is faster it, than you think. And it's slower than you think it is when you're on the bike. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, in, in 17, we had Caleb Russell out here all year. Yeah. And and they stopped him at Prim on the asphalt. Mm-hmm. And he had his watch on and he, like, he's like, dude, I'm going six miles an hour. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it's definitely faster than, than, uh, than what you think it is. But, well, hey, uh, congratulations to you. Thank you. Kill, Kill Martin team for uh, taking that win again. And I'm, I'm guessing you're leading the points now after two rounds. Uh, yeah, we should be, um, yeah, Trevor, Trevor Hunter, or sorry, Trevor Stewart and uh, Ryan Surratt were, they won the first one. We were second, Trevor was third. So yeah, we should be leading points since Trevor and Ryan weren't able to make it. Um, and then, uh, Trevor Hunter and, uh, in second place there. Um, so should should be nice and tight for the 24, which is double points. So um, I think if Trevor's team wins again like they did last year, I believe that would give them the endurance title. Um, so we're going to do what we can to make sure that doesn't happen. All right. Well, good luck to you. I appreciate it. All and, right. Well, and what hey, else? But Go, yeah. before, Go before we move on, though, like I said, the Ironmen are the – the the heroes of of this race so um hey and you know what dude i'll i'll i won't disagree with that i don't remember who it was that won it but i do know that uh uh i think i think you're part of this group and i think he is still too if the groups are going uh the fucktards yes um maverick shui yep yep. ended up in second right uh, Third, so Austin. Ah, third. Austin, what happened? Yeah. Oh, he he got tired towards the end and started losing. Actually, sorry, the same hill where the unpass was made for the lead. Um, he got stuck there and ended up off in the bushes and had to go down a ravine to get to the <laughs> bottom to get back to the course. So he had a whole expedition out there in the middle of the night. Um, uh, hey. On the yeah. podium, man, ten hours straight, just yourself, man. That's that's an accomplishment. So Maverick, congratulations to you, my friend. Right. Um. Uh, but yeah, uh, Austin Eddie won it. Um, looks like he got up to fourth overall at one point, uh, like six, seven laps in. So I'm guessing his idea was to get out there, sprint, and then just try and maintain it throughout the night. And looks like he did did a pretty good job. His lap times dropped off throughout the night, but they stayed relatively consistent. Um, Andrew Jolly looks like he just put in good, consistent laps. Uh, looks like he had an issue somewhere in the middle of the race and then kind of came back strong towards the end and then Maverick. Yeah. The same, same thing, just good consistent laps Had that one, one, yeah, two, two off laps. And then, uh, yeah, just finished out consistent. But, nice. Hey, and let's not forget there was a women's team racing, right? There was, there was <laughs> a women's women. race out there. Two women's team. Two, two women's team. Yeah. They, uh, so we had, let me pull it up here. Um, what was it? I think it was Lopinow, uh Kim, Kim, and Micah uh, Diaz. Yep. Uh, Gina. Gina Alvarez. Alvarez. Yep. And then Alvarez. you had um, Lauren Woods, Jessica Daniels. Um, oh, who else did she have on our team? Um, Jackie Ives. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the the Kill Martin Gas Gas. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, they um, every, both teams were were nice and consistent. I know they had they struggled on that hill too. I think they got uh, 
both both teams actually. Um, when I when I stopped, I noticed that one of the women's teams was there. Um, I think uh, Lauren had issues on two laps through that one once in that section, once in on one of the other hills. Um, but yeah, they they kind of um, Micah's team op- opened up a gap early on, and this kind of same thing kind of maintained it and was e- it made it easy for them just to to hold on to that lead uh, as the time ticked away. Yeah, well, good for them, man. I mean, they, those girls are tough, dude, and they're fast. Make no, right. make no mistake about it. So, good yeah, for them. They, they were, let's see, I think Micah's team was uh, 17th overall. So, yeah, they ended up, it, yeah, they ended up three laps down, four, four laps down. Yeah, and look, man, I mean, you may not see them all the time, but there is definitely some fast uh, women pros and oh, just women amateurs on the West Coast. No no question. Very, very much so, yeah. So, all right. Well, hey, uh, let's move on. All right. Let's not, bore, let's not bore our 30 listeners with any more of this. You think that many people care about what you got going on? I just I just know it had thirty plays last time. I mean, we're just getting started. We're going to get there, but and it could have been the, it could have been the same fifteen people twice. I don't know. Oh, I figured it was you thirty times, or at least twenty nine. Well, twenty eight, you the other two, but you know, well, hey. well, there was a super mini rider that that made complaints. We didn't mention him, so. Oh yeah, I forgot about that dude. Yeah. Like, Which I look. I think he just slept through his the section where we talked about him. So let let's talk about super mini kid <laughs> uh, his name is his name is jason harris uh he races the gps and the hair downs um i think he's what well, he's the champ defending champ he's, right now right the hair down. defending defending super mini champ yeah and uh i think he's leading the points again this year he, he um, is yeah Got he's he's still working on the gps i think um he's getting better i mean he looked good at delta for sure yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a new uh, new new thing for him. I think the closest track to him is oh probably probably Idaho. So he's probably three hours from the closest motocross track. So it's, yeah, and, and where's that? Is he, he's in Wyoming or Montana? Uh, Lyman, Wyoming. Lyman, Wyoming. So and uh, his parents his parents are awesome people, by the way. Great, great uh, people. But for you guys that don't know Jason Harris or do, uh, I call him Snooze. Uh, and the reason we call him Snooze is because any of those trips with you, Nick, from Wyoming when you were living there coming out, or any of the trips he takes with his parents, with inside of five minutes after the race is over and he's in the in the van or the truck, he is out cold. The the, the kid the kid gets behind a windshield and he falls asleep. Uh, yeah, um, I, I've never just, seen anything like it. It's just it's hilarious, and I know what his birthday was yesterday or the day before. Uh, yeah, two days ago. Yeah, so I, and I wished him happy birthday, and he's like, "Dude, what?" He goes, "No, no sleeping posts for me," because <laughs> I've got we've got a few pictures of him passed out in vehicles, and I said, "Nah, man, it's your birthday. I'll give you a break." And then Try. he said, "Nah, I'm kind of bummed out about that. I was looking forward to it." <laughs> I, uh, I chose I chose to be nice to him too, so I guess I guess next time he's just uh, you know saying that we shouldn't be. Yeah, but look, it, it, in all seriousness, man, I mean, I forget who did the video of him of a couple rounds ago. Probably one of the best off-road motorcycle dirt bike videos I've seen. Definitely in my top three. Mm-hmm. Um, that no joke aside, that that kid. That kid knows how to ride a motorcycle in the desert. No, yeah. no, no doubt. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's. Uh, um, I when I was up there in between uh, NGPC and Works, uh, stayed with them and got to ride a little bit with him. And yeah, he's, he's got a bunch of little training tracks around the house, and it, it was fun riding with him because you know that's it, he's very he's very young and excited and has a lot of energy to go and do stuff. So. He's constantly moving on the bike and, you know, trying to correct what the bike's doing and this and that. And he was riding his 250, which has suspension set up for his dad. So, you know, the, the bike's doing weird stuff and he's fighting it and correcting it and trying to, you know, trying to go as fast as he can. So it's, it's really fun to watch him. And, yeah. uh, 
yeah, he's he's just getting a little big for that super mini. So it's a uh, it's it's a good time for him to be moving up to the big bikes, and he's uh, he's handling it well, and he's he's won I think all except for one uh, one race this year, and I want to say two races last year for in super mini for uh, Naha. So yeah, he's uh, he's got a he's got a bright future. He's just got to you know stay on the bike, stay healthy, and keep learning. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, cool. Now we got that shameless plug out of the way, so he's not going <laughs> to cry anymore. But um, what else we have going on? So I can uh, we, had, uh, we had the Baja 500 last weekend. Oh yeah, that's right. I always forget about that because I'm not a not a big Baja guy. I'm like Garvin, Garvin and Schultz tried to get me to go every year, and I'm like, eh, I just don't want to go. I got I got the uh, the same attitude as you. I'm I'm happy to watch it from a distance. Yeah, and 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 I and I and, and I do right. You know, I mean, um, you know, we'll you know Justin Schultz and who was it Schultz and Truby and Liebel and mm-hmm. Tishner. I think mm-hmm. in the forty. I think they were in the forty. Pro forty. Um, I think they did pro forty or pro thirty. I think they did both. Pro. Let's see. Here. Well, he, they got teams that do both. Yeah, maybe, maybe some of them rode on both. I don't know, but uh, they uh, they won a they won again. So yep. congratulations to our homies. Um, and and look, I'll be honest, dude. I don't, I don't. I looked through the list earlier today, um, and I, to be honest, I didn't really recognize a whole lot of people, and it was kind of odd for me because <laughs> I've been watching it for the last twenty years, and I've, I'm used to seeing all these these big names and stuff. And I didn't really see that. And maybe it's, maybe it's on me. I mean, uh, maybe I just don't know who these guys are and, and they are super fast, but, um, and I don't even remember, I mean, who won, I think Shane Logan was part of that team, right? The yeah. Sh- team? Shane Logan. Um, Arturo Salas and uh, Juan Carlos uh, Salvatoria. I believe is how you pronounce his name. Um, they, they ended up winning on the the 10 X. Um, so that would be their second win since they won the 250. Now the the 500. Um, but yeah, I, am I'm with you, you know, the, the big names such as, you know, Samuels, um, you know, pretty much the, the factory supported guys, you know, Honda, Cowie, KTM, the, those rides have kind of gone away, but there, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of really fast guys, uh, locals um to mexico you know juan, juan carlos right. um is it what, one two three there's about five teams that uh appears they're they're locals um you know uh mexican nationals um that are now in the pro class you know making it i i think it's a, it's larger than what it has ever been in the pro class um i don't know if it's as competitive as it's ever been but size-wise, it's definitely larger. Um, then there's there's a couple couple American teams running down. Uh, Forrest Mc, Mitchington uh, with Kieran Naren, and I can't remember their third rider. Um, Drew Watson. Uh, there, there's a, a there's a couple teams down there, and then like like you said, Ryan Liebelt, Schultz. Um, pretty much every class has a couple uh, couple Americans, couple uh, Mexicans down there and there's a few teams that they're mixed as far as a couple Americans, couple Mexicans, just kind of um, interesting team, team dynamics as far as what, who uh, comprises the team. Yeah. It, I mean, don't get me wrong. Right. Like I, I don't pay that much attention to that uh, other than the thousand and what Schultz and I talk about, but <laughs> I don't know. It just seems it's, you know, it's kind of like I brought this up right with, with the 10 hour, 24 hour stuff. Right. I'm so used to Baja of seeing, you know, Samuels and Udall and, you know, early, earlier on, yeah, Justin Morgan earlier on Johnny Campbell and Andy Grider and, you know, Eric yeah. Yorba was doing those things and, you know, and even going back to like Rossler days. Right. I mean, there always seemed to be this long line of, you know, top guys. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like, I don't know, like it's, it's not 
there. Like, you know, Samuels is definitely not there anymore, and he may be doing the 1,000 only now. But, and, you know, Colton, Udall's not racing it anymore. And, and you know, maybe those guys will come back. Who knows? But, uh, I mean, it's good to hear, though, that the class is bigger, right, as right. far as entry goes. And I I, I want to say – I want to say that it's, you know, Andy Kirker, right? Andy Kirker, longtime mm-hmm. racer, good friend of mine. He's been working hard to try to get the motorcycle stuff, you know, bigger there and get it back to where it was. And I, I it sounds like it's working. So good on you, Andy. Yeah, right. I, I haven't uh, – everybody that I've talked to on the motor side, they seem happier now uh, with less complaints than what they have in the past. Um, yeah. So, th- you know, that's – in regards to that, great great job, Andy. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely missing a little bit of that pizzazz that they've had in, in years past. And I think it's kind of the same thing as the 24-hour is where the factories are seeing less return on their investment than what they would like. Um, you know, that it is, uh, let's see, what, what was the winning time? It was like 11 hours, I think, if I remember right. Well, and, and even when I looked at the list, right? Like, I mean, we were talking about Udall and Samuels and these guys back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. You would, you would see those motorcycles overall, the whole thing over the trophy trucks. Right. And I don't even know if one of the bikes, the top bike was even in the top 20 well let's uh let's see here so top bike was 11 hours 25 minutes let's go if i can get this thing to actually work a little bit i don't know how to work computers scott we're we're having trouble here okay that's all right you'll get it don't worry hang in there buddy ah i'm trying Hey, but you know who wasn't? Oh, 500. Mm, who was that? Nick Garvin. That's true. He's, he's, he's still... still... He got he got married. He's still milking this injury thing. Broken leg, two broken legs and stuff from last year down there. I don't know. I don't know what his problem is, but he needs, he needs to get off his ass <laughs> he, and get moving. He's just gotten soft. He has gotten soft. Yeah, I mean, soft around the midsection, soft on his outlook on racing. I don't know, dude. Dude's just couch potato now. Well, and I think I think him and Tyler Belknap broke up or something. So maybe that's affecting him. I don't know. No, those two are inseparable. That's definitely not are something that, that happened. All right, well, maybe they were just having problems in their relationship. And, you know, everything's good now. Ty- Tyler wanted to be Big Spoon, causing drama. <laughs> so... Did you find it yet? Come I on, man. Did you got to move on. We're, best we're I can losing find, viewers, bro. Best I can do is trophy truck at 15 hours. So three hours more or four hours more than the bikes. That's huh. – I, I think they Maybe might have, they, they might have still overalled it. Maybe I was wrong. Yeah. But good for them. And, again, dude, maybe, you know, maybe what we're just seeing is the transition here, right? Right. Maybe we got all these young kids that are coming up. I mean, I know our tourist office is, is fast. He's mm-hmm. fast. And maybe maybe it's just a transition. <clears throat> excuse me. And we're just waiting for these guys to really make a name for themselves and get going. So, you know, good for them. I'm glad it's growing. Yeah. So, exactly. and that, yeah, you, you know, you can only race the people that are there. Um, you know, like, like you said, not taking anything away from anybody that competed or saying, you know, if these guys were there, they would have won. Or you know, it's it's an eleven-hour race. Anything yeah. can happen, and they're you know they that's a, a more grueling eleven hours than us fighting through lappers, you know, at the the ten hour. Um, right. There's so so many things that go on during that race. I mean, last at the two fifty, I think they finished without pretty much without a subframe. The whole bike was all mangled, and um, <laughs> they ended up they still ended up winning it somehow. But you know that. It's it just goes to show you how, you know how treacherous it really is down there. You know, at any moment anything can go wrong, and so it's yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a it's a gnarly race, and the, those guys are gnarly dudes for going out there and doing it. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, hey, look, that 
what we had going on the West Coast, right? Last weekend. Yeah. Like I yeah, said, everybody... short, short and sweet on, on that end. There isn't a whole bunch of racing. Yeah. I mean, most of us are on break and, uh, and, you know, we got one left. The Western Hair Scrambles in Bellingham, Washington is, uh, next weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and everybody's pretty much on a break. Uh, however, um, we did have some more travelers from our West Coast uh, over to GNCC last weekend for the Mason Dixon. Oh, nice. Um, you know, Brandy, and we talked about this in the last one, right? I mean, Brandy Richards was there again. Um, and I think yeah. she's I think she's done four of them this year now. Yeah, out there doing and, her homework for next year, huh? Yeah, and the rumor is she's going there full-time next year. So, um, yeah, and she's got four seconds. <laughs> so, so um you know, she's had some mishaps and stuff on a couple of the races where it's cost her at the end. And uh, from what I from what I heard, I haven't talked to her yet about it. But um, I guess the tree roots were pretty pretty gnarly, and I guess she got caught up in a tree root and fell over or something. And yeah, and there's there's not a whole lot of tree roots out here for us to practice on. No, no. And and her and Taylor Jones were going at it the whole two hours and. That's that's what separated her from Taylor at the end. Taylor ended up getting a win, um, but you know, look, I mean, we don't we know what Brandy can do. I mean, we right. see her, we see her on the West Coast. We have for a long time. The rest of the country knows what she can do is because she went to ISDU last year and won every single test, which nobody has ever done. Yeah, man or woman, gir- girls, guys, doesn't matter. It hasn't been. Yeah, done. it's never been done. So. Um, the, you know, the rest of the country, the world knows who she is, but I, I've seen the girl, I've been to a couple of GNCCs and in the last, you know, year and a half, two years. And I, I know what those girls are capable of. They're fast. I've, I've watched them and I, I maybe I'm a little biased because she's West coast and a friend, but, but, uh, you go to four GNCCs which you don't do and you finish second, you're leading them. Uh, you got to be a little concerned, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if you're one of the girls over there. Yeah. So. Especially when this, you know, if you're, you're Taylor and you're going, Oh, you're, you're, you're just doing this kind of as a, a side series. You're not even fully committed to it. No, next, next year's going to be interesting. Yeah. And, and let me, let me, let me back up a second. I, I'm not saying that they, they are going to worry about her. But now it's somebody else that they have to put thought into, besides right. who's right. already there. Right? No, same same thing as when Caleb came over here. It wasn't like, oh, hey, you know, we we think he's going to come over and beat everyone, but he's also not going to come over here and not be a factor in the racing. Correct, correct. Uh, and then, hey, uh, Caitlin Jacobs, she went out. Um, she actually went out a couple weeks before, and she did the the. U.S. Sprint Enduro, I think the weekend before. Nice. She got she got third there, um, and then she went out uh, to GNCC at Mason Dixon and did that, and she ended up uh, ninth on the day. Um, not, not, not a bad result. No, no, I mean, really not. I think there's 15 girls in that class. Yeah. Um, you know, and. And yeah, she's been doing a little bit of tree stuff with our hair scramble out here. It's it's not the same. The, the but, stuff back there. So yeah, we we don't have the dirt's just different. We don't have roots really. There's a few. Uh, Bellingham will have some, but um, you know, hey, it, it got to be encouraging for her. I think. I mean, oh. ninth place in that group, and and you know, it's your first one. So, and I think from what her dad told me, I think she's going to do some more. So that's good. Awesome. And and Ava's Ava's gone over there. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of races back and um so yeah i mean it's it's good for them to see see what we got going on here on the west coast oh yeah yeah and that was uh you know ava's comments were you know same 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 lines as what you were saying there's a a lot to be learned and it's very different than racing out here yeah i mean it's no different than them coming here exactly you know, yeah. they, it, there's a learning curve and i mean caleb was here in 17 and he didn't win a race. I don't even think he was on the pro podium once. Uh, yeah, I think his I think his best finish was a fifth. Yeah, I know he won one of the well, what do we call it back then? It was the four fifty A race, but I think he won that one of those. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's tough. And he said it's tough. I mean, he said it was tough, and you know, 
But um, that race ended up uh, uh, Taylor Jones ended up winning that. Brandy Richards ended up second, and then uh, Corey Steed uh, third, and and Corey's tough too from mm-hmm. what I've seen and what I've heard. She's she's gotten faster than she was last year, and she's won a couple races. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, one of the, the young younger up up and comers, you know, look look out for the next couple of years. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Um what else we got? Well hey. So we got we got the POS GP this yep. weekend out in POS Nevada, just just outside of Panaka, if you've ever heard, been there for the hair now. Heard that one's got a, a little uh, purse attached to it. Yeah, I guess uh I guess Ron Pervine's from Pervine's Racing to put up a a ten thousand dollar pro purse, and, and uh, I was out here in the driveway before I called you to do this, talking to Tyler Lynn. He's going, and I guess the winner, the winner gets four grand. So, Man, that that's almost making me want to drive out to the middle of the desert, but I also realize that I have no shots, so I probably won't do that. Well, but they're paying all the way down to seventh, I think. So you can still win some money. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna have to find a shorter way around the course. I think it's been a while yeah. since I've been through desert. Yeah, and I and I don't I don't know uh, I don't know who was all. I asked Tyra who who was go, who was going. I should say. I um, I heard uh, I heard Justin Seed say that it was uh, not team orders, but it was highly encouraged that the team show up. So I wouldn't well, I wouldn't be surprised to see a bunch of Pervines bikes up at the front there. Yeah, there you go. Um, I know I know uh, Corbin McPherson is going to be there. Uh, I heard Clay was going. Maybe that's part of the <laughs> team orders uh, <laughs> or non-team orders. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, hey, good good on Ron and thank you, man, right? I mean. Yeah, right. Yeah. And... It's it's good for the sport. It's good for West Coast Off-Road. And, and uh, you know, good luck to everyone. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Uh, should be an awesome race and definitely pulling some, uh, some bigger names with there being a, a good-sized purse like that. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I saw videos from it last year, and it was, it was really dusty. <laughs> so, yeah. So we'll yeah. see, but uh, but, but uh, yeah. yeah, and that's that's a really fun area to ride in. Um, r- racing gets a little hairy when there's uh there's people around, but yeah, there was a, you know, we've we've had West Hair scrambles there, we've had hair and hounds, we've had all kinds of stuff there, and is there's so many fun trails that are pretty much un- untouched for the majority for the most part you know that and it's not all whooped out it's it's a lot of in and out of trees and up and down the sides of hills and down washes and up little little creeks and little waterfalls and so it, it's a really cool area so that'd be yeah. a, a fun one for uh, for people to go do yeah uh and like i said earlier i mean the western hair scrambles uh last round before the break that's next weekend yeah uh, up, up in washington not, Sixteen not, hour drive for me, bro. Sixteen hours. Well, you you got the short one. I think uh, I think we're at twenty two hours, twenty three hours, something like that from here, down here. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, you're not going, so you don't have to worry about it. Listen, I I have to listen to people complain the whole drive. You know, I'll be, I'm sure I'll be talking to you. I'll be talking to Jackmo and Shane. So yeah, you know, <laughs> there's just twenty twenty two hours of of torture in my life. Because you're yeah. driving, yeah. Well, you know, look, dude, for me anymore, um, yeah, sixteen hours is no big deal. Yeah, um, one one day. I mean, easy. yeah, ten 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 hours is is the norm anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, hey, you got to go where you got to go, and you got to race what you got to race, and yeah. Just remember, if you if you drove faster, it'd be shorter. Yeah, and make sure you tell your boy. No gummy tire? Right tire choice this time, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he finally posted a picture of that tire, and man, that thing was roasted. Oh, yeah, dude. It was gone. After three laps, it was gone in the center. And when I say gone in the center, like there wasn't even a nub of two or three or a half no. of a two or three other. They were all gone. Like every, all sing- every single one has cords showing. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, um all right. Well, hey, uh, looks like we'll have an early night tonight. But before we do that, um, let's get into our off-road rumblings, which is our version of rumors. Um, so, you know, 
I'm sure you're like me, right? I, like I get calls from from everybody, pros to friends to you. Um, there's, Ouch. you know, there's there's always somebody calling for something or asking something, and 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 this was this was just kind of hilarious to me this morning. I got a text from uh, one of the pro guys' dads that I'm friends with, and he's like, "Hey, I heard that there's a chance at that Preston Idaho race." In August, is it going to happen? And I'm like, where, where, where did you hear that? He's like, oh, I just heard it. And I'm like, well, they're wrong. It's happening. Don't worry. Yeah, right, not, cool. Not, not yeah. sure what would be canceling that. I mean, you know, COVID doesn't exist anymore, so it can, couldn't be that. Yeah, and he's like, that's why I call you, man, because you know all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's fine. It, 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 that's fine. That was followed up. A couple hours later by another call I got from somebody going, hey, I heard that they're moving the pro race at Preston, Idaho from Sunday to Saturday. That, <laughs> again, as, I get a chuckle. <laughs> I'm like, as a, uh, we'll go with impartial lover of the sport, um, I think putting the pro race on Saturday instead of Sunday is a great idea. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you do because of the drive for you. I and listen, I, and, and like I said, impartial lover of the sport and no other reasons. Well, again, like right, like I chuckled at it and I'm like, okay, seriously, dude, where where did you hear that from? <laughs> right? And I, I'm not gonna say where that came from. Uh, you told me who it was from, and I'm like, uh huh. No. Um yeah, I just talked to Kurt yesterday. He didn't say nothing about it. And then I'm like, wait a minute. What is ISD? I was what I was just kind of putting together in my head was there there's there's a couple of our riders that uh, probably want to get out of town as soon as possible and start walking some tests in yeah. France. So, yeah, so that makes sense. This was this was a seed planning by somebody within the industry. <laughs> to get us to think about moving it to Saturday so those guys can fly out Saturday night and be in France on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just for you guys listening, as of right now, at this point in time, the pro race in Preston, Idaho is still on Sunday. So, All right. Well, you know, you're, you're disappointing a lot of people that are, uh, you know, interested in our guys doing the best that they can in France. And, and representing the U.S., but it's fine. It's fine that yeah, you guys don't care. That's all right. It's all right. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll survive. Um, then here, here's rumbling number two. Yeah. Ready? Um, NGPC with live streaming like GNCC does in 2023. I, I heard something about that. I didn't... I hadn't heard that it was all three rounds or all 10 rounds, but I did hear that there were a few rounds that were uh, it, where it was being discussed to try and get something, something going to get a little bit larger uh, viewing audience. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I hear this more than anything. Uh, you know, the, the, the one thing that's really missing from that series now is, is live streaming. Um, and and you know I'll tell you I mean you probably know anyway but you know we've been we've been working on that for a couple of years right um, you you got you know people don't understand like just how expensive that is yeah there there's a lot of infrastructure that goes into that one and you know not not every round has great uh, cell reception so now you're starting to rely on you know sat phones and all that fun stuff and that that gets tricky. Yeah, and uh, look, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie about it. It's it's six figures, <laughs> and I and I'm not talking it's a hundred thousand. It's six figures, so it's over that. So it's not cheap, right? So you gotta no. you, you gotta one you gotta find you gotta find the right people to do it to do it the way you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you gotta find you gotta find the money for it. And you know, I I can tell you guys it it isn't for sure. It's not confirmed but it is being worked on and it's being worked on pretty seriously. So hopefully, hopefully we can figure that out. And, and the guys within NGPC that are working on it right now, will will make it happen. And 
um, you know, we'll see. Okay. And anything to, uh, to benefit the, the West coast and really the, the sport as a whole, it's more a welcome change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know about you. Like I watched GNCC on live streaming on Sunday. Well, I'm, I'm I'm generally at at the races and doing something, but uh, yeah, I you know go back and rewatch the live stream and you know do do what I can to try and keep up on as much racing as possible, and that that makes it real nice. If if I could go back after the race, rewatch the race, um, that would be very beneficial. Or even if you know, Heck, I'd I'd sit there with it live streaming in the pits. That way, anything that I couldn't see that and the cameras could, I'd be watching it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. That's all I got for rumbles. You got anything? Ah, uh, you know, I, I I don't. It's it's summer. Everybody's uh, going going off and doing whatever they do when they don't ride dirt bikes. So there's not a whole lot of talk about what what's happening. Um, well, hold, hold on a second. People do other things besides ride and race dirt bikes. I, I think it's just train and take naps. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was confused there. I don't. <laughs> I don't do anything else. Although I guess I'm taking a vacation this year with uh, with Mr. Dallas Chester and the family. What, what do you call? What uh, uh, what what bikes are you taking with you? No bikes, bro. Ranger baby, side that's by not, sides. That's not a vacation. Uh, I don't that's, know. It's that's a place. sentence. Yeah, I forget where. I think it's in Idaho. Yankee Doodle Dandy or no? Nah, oh, Yankee Fork. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty so, close. Pretty yeah, close. Yeah. I mean, you know, same thing. Whatever. But all right. Well, hey, man. Again, bro. Thanks for doing this with me. It's number two. Hopefully, we can get more than thirty viewers in this next one, and we just keep this thing growing. Uh, maybe we'll have some more interesting things to talk about next week. Although we're going to be on break, so it's yeah. I mean, we we definitely chose a an exciting time to start this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Hey, here's what we'll do. Right next week, since there's well, we'll have the POH GP to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, let's uh, and hopefully by next week, uh, USA AMA will announce who the ISE teams are going to be for uh, trophy, junior trophy, and women's. Uh, they they and, already have, but we can save that for next week. Oh, they did? What, yeah, what yeah. did they do? They did the club teams. Oh, you know what? You are correct. I, okay. I apologize. Right. I apologize. All right. All right. But let's, uh, let's do that next week, man. We'll talk. Hopefully, they'll announce it by then, and we can talk about that. We'll talk about the club team stuff. and uh, yeah. We can do we can, it. I can give you a little little insight into what what the they're going to be facing. You know, having gone to France for ISDE a couple years back, we'll there you go and uh, break it down a little for them. Yeah, let's do, and then we'll do a recap of you know the big series on the West Coast um, and who's winning, who's leading championships, and all that good stuff. And uh, and then we'll make fun of Nick Garvin again. I like Why it. Not? That sounds like an excellent plan. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. So, all right. Well, hey, Nick, thank you. Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs> thank you. Have a good night. See you later. See ya.